It feels so good to be back doing something that feels good. Actually, it feels so good to feel good enough to be back doing something that feels good. As I told you on the last podcast, which is, what, at least two months ago, that I was having a few medical issues. Well, the issues are still there, but I'm learning how to deal with them, and I've made some lifestyle changes and some other things, and I'm feeling so much better, and it really does feel pretty good. And thanks so much to all of you who have asked how I've been doing and for the sweet little notes that I've got from friends. I really do appreciate that. Thank you so, so much. I have had a lot of time to think and to ponder about what I think is most important at this stage of life. What are the things that I want to do before I pass away? And one of those things is what I would like to talk to you about today. I'll start by confessing. When I was younger... I used to like to read the obituaries in my hometown newspaper. Now, I know that sounds a little weird and creepy, but most of those I read were not of people I knew, which sounds even more weird and creepy. But they were people who, at first glance, looked interesting. Some were interesting, some not so much, but they always got me thinking. Thinking about what life was like in their house on Christmas morning with seven kids, or what it must have been like living on a farm their whole life, or how they might have struggled with whatever it was that ended their life. Obituaries were just thought starters for me. What did I want to do, or try, or succeed at, or experience before my own obituary graced the pages of the Daily Herald? Well, that was years ago, like I said, and I don't even read a newspaper anymore. Does anyone? We can find out everything we need to know, and a lot of stuff we'd rather not know, on the internet, on social media, news sites, TV, and radio programs. If someone I used to know passes away, I'm sure to hear about it from my friends on social media sites. Life is just so different now. There is a poem by Linda Ellis called The Dash. I'm sure you've probably heard of it. It refers to the little line between the date of birth and the date of death on a gravesite headstone. The dash represents the life that was lived. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her tombstone from beginning to the end. He noted that first came her date of her birth and spoke the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth. And now only those that loved her know what the little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash— What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more, and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? I think that's just an amazing little poem that has so many insights in it and so many things that you can learn from it and hopefully so many things that it will trigger when you hear it. And there is so much to be said about living your best life no matter what age you are. But what I want to talk about today is preserving your dash, documenting your life, 
recording your history, writing your story, or whatever it is you want to call it. It's been a few years ago that I first got started in family history, or genealogy as it used to be called. It's always fun to find someone I've been searching for and locate some sort of document that shows that they actually lived. That they're not just a name on a piece of paper, but they lived on this street during this time, or they married this person on this date. I don't know why, but family history is a very emotional hobby, or calling, as the case may be, for me. But even better for me, anyway, is reading the stories of my ancestors. I like reading how hard some of their lives were and how they triumphed over hardships. I am fascinated that they immigrated from Sweden in the 1700s to New York, and I want to know what brought them west. I learn from their tragedies and hardships they endured and their triumphs and joys they celebrated. I learn a lot about perseverance and dedication from their histories, and I ask myself, what stories do I want to leave for my posterity? A hundred years from now, will some young lady, a great-great-granddaughter perhaps, come across me in the archives of time and read about me and learn from my story? Well, not if I don't write it down. But it isn't really the young girl a hundred years from now that I'm writing my story for, although I hope that actually happens. It is for my own children and grandchildren, the ones who shared a big part of my story with me. I want them to know who I really was and why I am who I am. I want them to know what experiences had a profound effect on my life and what experiences I regret. What life was like for me when I was a little girl or in high school or deciding to marry or with a house full of kids. I happen to believe that there's a strong connection between us and our ancestors and between us and our posterity. I do not want to be the missing link. I want to be the link that holds the whole chain together. My own grandmother wrote a letter to her posterity in the year 1943, and it was included in a time capsule to be opened 25 years later. At that time, she would have been 61 years old, a few years younger than I am now. She passed away when I was only six, so her letter is a treasure of mine. She writes, Dear ones, I am wondering if I will be here when this is read. I may be. As it turns out, she wasn't. She passed away before that. She writes about her parents coming from Europe, about how they met, how her father was killed when, he, when she was just two months old. She writes about being a young girl and how she had to go to work at an early age and learned to knit mittens and her own stockings. She remembered the first electric light coming to her hometown when she was about 14 years old and the man who owned the one and only automobile in town at the time. She wrote about going to college, the places she lived, and how in 1901 she came to be a dressmaker, and how later that year President McKinley was shot. Picture shows came about around the same time, and that was certainly something new in entertainment for her. She wrote about how she met my grandpa, where they lived, their children, farming, hard work, the death of a new baby. She loved attending church, singing the hymns, and can remember a favorite dress she wore. She wrote, I hope I will be able to learn to play the piano before I say goodbye to this world. She did learn to play a little. And she left her posterity with these words, I hope my children and grandchildren will strive to do what's right and learn to understand the gospel and keep the commandments of God and to do His will. Get acquainted with the Bible and other church books and read them often and instruct you and yours. 
I learned so much about my grandmother from that one letter, and I'm so glad she took the time to write it and put it in a time capsule. But can you imagine if she had expanded on each little thing she wrote, what great information and stories our family would have now? What was it like seeing an electric light bulb turn on for the very first time? What was the very first movie she ever saw? What were the circumstances and who was she with? How did the country react to President McKinley being shot? How did she hear the news? How did she learn to play the piano? Those are all things I wish I knew about her, and there are similar things your family will want to know about your life and your history. Knowing where to start or what to do can be daunting, but it doesn't need to be. You can go on any one of a hundred websites to begin your family history journey. I guarantee you're going to find out more than you thought, and what you do find might inspire you as to what you should write. But I think it's much more simple than that. I think you just begin writing your story. Yes, I know that in and of itself seems overwhelming, so we're going to break it down even more. Begin by writing stories, stories from your life, and they don't even need to be in any order. Write down the story about the time you got lost at Disneyland as a kid or the fun summer you had at sleepaway camp. Write all the details. Write about the first Christmas you remember and your first date. Who was your first kiss? Who was your best friend and what did you like to do together? Why was this your best friend? Why was the summer of 1969 your best summer or why did you love going to your grandmother's house? Did you love or hate high school? Do you wish you had finished college or was it worth it to do whatever you did instead? Write a story a day or once a week or whatever works for you. Eventually, you can put them together in some sort of an order and fill in the blank spaces with information about you. For instance, I have a jar full of questions written on slips of paper. And to be honest, I can't even remember where I got it. The idea is to take a slip out of the jar and answer whatever question is written on it. Now I have my jar here and I'm going to take out a couple of slips of paper and show you what I mean. Okay, here this one says, do you have a favorite author? Who and why? Tell about some of your favorite books as a child, a teenager, and an adult. Another one, hang on. Do you have a favorite color, food, flower, hobby, or activity? Tell what makes them your favorite. And one more. Tell about the clothes worn at your wedding. Who was in the wedding party and what was their relationship to you? Fun, huh? Sooner or later, you're going to have a life history of sorts, full of wonderful stories and details about you. Stories and details your children and your grandchildren are going to love reading. And if you do not have children, everyone who loved you in this life, this dash, are going to love having your story. I found a darling little book called Grandma Tell Me Your Story by Susan Branch. It has the cutest illustrations, but most of each page is blank except for an idea starter at the top of the blank lines. My goal is to finish each page and leave the book on the table in the pink room my granddaughters love sleeping in when they come to my house. Maybe they will pick it up and read it. Maybe they will ask me questions and I can tell them my stories. Hopefully they will know a little about Grandma Nana before the date at the end of her dash appears. Listen to some of these cute pages. Describe your bedroom. Did you share your room or have it all to yourself? What was your neighborhood like and who were your childhood friends? What did you typically do after school? What was the biggest thing you remember happening in our country when you were in high school? And what was your first job and how did you get it? 
It has a place for favorite recipes, favorite quotes, and blank pages for more stories. It's so cute. But there's another reason to write your story. Let me explain. I've kept a journal off and on throughout most of my life. There were years that I did not write, and there were years that I wrote every day. I am in the process of typing my journals and stringing them together with what I remember but did not write down. It has been such a marvelous experience for me. Things start coming back to me. I can remember things I've not thought about in years, and reading some of those memories and journal entries have been such a cathartic experience for me. For instance, there were times that I thought I probably was not a very good mother to my children because of other things that were going on in my life at the time. Reading my journals and remembering experiences have taught me that I was a good mother, and no matter what, I did the best I could at the time with the circumstances I found myself in. We've talked about that before on another podcast, haven't we? But truly, isn't that all any of us can do? I think my children will benefit from knowing the why behind some of the choices I made. But in summary, before I wrap this up, there are several reasons to write your life story. Number one, leave a legacy for your family. It will ensure you are not just a name on a paper family tree somewhere. Number two, become a part of history. It is mostly from the stories and journals of ordinary people that we find what life was really like in past eras, not from textbooks, from real-life stories. Number three, as I just mentioned a moment ago, you will understand yourself better and remember things you had not thought about in a long time. Number four, it is very therapeutic to write your life story, as I just said. This was an unexpected bonus for me. It was in my trials and hard experiences that I learned life's greatest lessons, and that brought up a lot of emotions and helped me come to terms with many things. Number five, writing my life story helps me feel more connected to my ancestors and to my posterity. I find connection in stories from the past, and I hope my posterity can find connection and can relate to my stories as well. Number six, preserving your story can give you a sense of purpose, a reason to get up in the morning, something to work on, because you are making a contribution to your family and to society. Number seven, it is good for your health, because you're using your brain, reaching for memories, remembering details, writing things down. That is all important as we get older, and it helps your mental well-being as well. Number eight, it is actually fun and even exciting to write your life story. Looking at old photos and including them can bring back memories and details about events that you might have forgotten and can bring other things to mind. You can search through old keepsakes and treasures, finding still more to add to your story. Number nine, writing your story encourages you to be creative. How do you want to write it all down? You will want to include your feelings, thoughts, fears, and emotions to make it real. But how can you avoid just listing events and dates? How do you make your story come alive? If you cannot type or write because you can't use your hands or you can't see well, get a small recording device of some sort. There are recording apps for cell phones now that are amazing and simple. Get an app on your phone or computer and just start talking. Your loved ones will love having your stories about your life in your voice long after there is a date after your dash. Don't forget to include what you thought, what you learned, how you felt during those experiences. That is where the lessons of life are taught and the person you really are comes through. All in all, I've had a pretty good life, and most likely so have you. What a ride, right? And it isn't over yet. I encourage you to begin today to keep a journal if you're not already doing so. Write or record not only what happens, 
but what you think, feel, and have come to know. Your wisdom will be valued for generations to come. Let me know your experiences in recording your life story. I would love to hear from you. You can go to the website, celebrating60something.com. You can leave me a message there, or you can leave me one on my Facebook or Instagram pages. Do they call them Instagram pages? On my Facebook page or Instagram. How's that? Social media is not my thing, can you tell? Anyway, it's great, like I said, to be back. It's fun to do this again. I hope you enjoy listening to it. And I hope you will keep up on celebrating 60-something and watch for the next podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for the visit. And I will talk to you soon. Bye now.